When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One. And I'm on. There is no music to start this hour because of a mouse. That's right. A mouse, but not a living, breathing mouse, but rather one that you use for your computer and Tom's broke. That's how we roll around these parts. Just That's broken right. mouses. Now I'm going to procure the services of one Irish Chaffel. I'll be ready in just a moment. Okay. Beautiful thing. Uh, Irish Chaffel, managing editor of Warchant.com, set to join us as he's wont to do on Mondays in the interim. Thank you for listening on Real Talk Radio 93.3. And also, I would invite you to watch the show on YouTube. Warchant YouTube television. That's right. Warchant TV, as it's also known. Multimedia network. Got you covered on your drive home, all that good stuff. So, yay. Make sure you're subscribed, you like, and you listen. That's a, it's a beautiful thing. We got it working now. We're good to go. <laughs> you should see the panic on the other side of the glass. <laughs> We're good, man. He's there. He's uh, laughing at me, too. Ira is on the phone. He's like, what's going on? Yeah, a little bit of a weird situation. Let's bring in our man, Irashfell, Warchant.com, the website. Hello, Ira. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Better than Tom and the Broken Mouse. Uh, so let's let's go. What do we know about the scrimmage? What I, I mean, I've I've got my guys. You've got your guys. We've all tried to glean something from what happened with the scrimmage. Sounds like the first team defense carried the day early, but that uh, in time the offense got moving a little bit here. Give me your thoughts on what you're what you're finding out about that uh, scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's um, you know I don't think anything was like groundbreaking um, in terms of based on what we've seen from the first week. I mean, I think the defense has been ahead of the offense the whole way through, and uh, I think that bore out in the first half of the scrimmage. Um, then as they went when, as they went on, the offense started making some plays, which is certainly promising, but you always you know wonder sometimes they start making substitutions on defense and, and maybe you know making different calls and things like that. So maybe, maybe that resulted in, in the offense finding themselves a little bit, but it's definitely encouraging that they did because we've seen I've seen plenty of practices and even some scrimmages in the past where if one side of the ball gets the upper hand the other side kind of gets in quicksand and can never turn it around the fact that the offense did turn around and make some plays and you know Keyshawn Helton and Jay Sean Corbin and some of those guys they really need to step up this year made big plays I think that's a you know it's definitely encouraging Two names that I think have been consistently solid so far in these practices and now the scrimmage uh you're right Corbin uh Helton uh, I know it's it's hard to rely on a true freshman, but Malik McLean is another guy that has played extremely well. Uh, and then, of course, there is the play of one Jordan Travis. What do you make of where we're at so far? I know it's just our assessment from afar, and we didn't get to see this scrimmage. But Jordan Travis right now, I think many would say, has been the more consistent of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, he looks good, man. He's looked good. You know, I thought he, you know, he looked pretty good in the spring, and I think he's looked better in preseason camp. I mean, just every time you see him, he seems to carry himself with more confidence. He's throwing the ball well. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are waiting for 2018 Mackenzie Milton to show up and, and just surge ahead in the race, and that hasn't happened. Um, so, you know, I, I, if I'm handicapping it right now, I think, 
you know, Jordan Travis looks like the better quarterback from what we've seen in practice. And then obviously, you know what he can do with his legs, which is a huge added dimension. Um, so right now, I think he's ahead. But I think we've all seen what Mackenzie Belton can be. And you see flashes of it here and there. But if he's going to win the job, he, he's going to need to do that more consistently. Now, part of the problem is, you know, you know they haven't had a lot of time to throw. And, you know, and he's not a huge guy back there, obviously. So if your offensive line is getting pushed back in the backfield, it's going to be a, have a tough time for a shorter quarterback. Not that Jordan Travis is tall, but, you know, that, that's part of the problem, too. I think as that offensive line gets better and starts playing better, I, I think it sounds like in the scrimmage maybe they, they made some strides. If the offensive line starts playing better and can hold their own, then maybe you get a clearer picture of what, whether or not McKenzie can get back to that old form. I speculated, Ira, last hour that no matter how this quarterback battle plays out, we're not going to be told before that first game against Notre Dame by by Mike Norvell who the starter is. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I felt that all that way all along. I mean, there's no benefit to it from a standpoint of, um, you know, sometimes a coach will want the quarterback to be announced because, you know, you want everybody on the team to know, okay, who's the leader? Who are you rallying around? Who's the guy that, you know, is going to lead the meetings and all those types of things? And I don't think they need that. McKenzie, whether or not McKenzie is the starting quarterback or not, I think he's still a leader on this team and maybe the leader on the offense just because of his personality, his experience, his charisma. Um, Jordan Travis isn't that big of a personality. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily, if you name Jordan Travis the starter, I don't think all of a sudden those roles are going to change. Um, so I think from that standpoint, there's, I don't think there's a huge benefit to naming it earlier. And on the other side, I mean, it just makes Notre Dame have to prepare for two quarterbacks that are pretty different. And I, I also think they're both going to play. Uh, you know, if yeah. Andy Milton wins, wins the job, I've always felt all along that Jordan Travis is going to play some. If Jordan Travis wins the job, I think there's a, you know there's not as many reasons to bring McKenzie in. It's not like he brings a vastly different skill set. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if, for a series here or there, Mike Norvell brought Jordan to the sideline and said, "Hey, let's." Let's let's watch it from here for a little bit and let McKenzie play as well. So I think they're both going to play one way or the other. Competition continues. That's what this camp is about, raising the floor, getting guys to compete at a high level at every segment group. Who, to, in your mind, the practices you've seen, have been the most delightful surprises? And I don't mean as in, oh, my God, this player was once bad, he's now good. I mean, who looks the best to you as in they've taken a big leap forward? For instance, for me, I would say, and I, we might agree on this because I know we've talked about it, but, man, Keyshawn Helton looks explosive again, and it's exciting to hear the coaches talk about him in that way. But there are other candidates. Uh, who else would you name that fall into that category? Yeah, he's definitely probably at the top of the list. I mean, you know, you, you look back at last year and you say, okay, well, you know, obviously he had a big, big excuse coming off of the major injury, and it was, it was really a surprise to some people that he was even able to play football last year after as devastating an injury as he had the year before. Um, but then you started to wonder, okay, is it ever going to come back? Is, is he mm. going to trust that again? And, and sure enough, he has. Because a guy at his size, if he doesn't come back and be, you know, think back to like Anquan Bolden coming back from an ACL. Well, he still had his body type. And so he could still do things even if he wasn't dynamic. With Keyshawn Helton, he has to be dynamic, and we've seen that. So, yeah, he's been at the top of the list. Um, I think defensively, a couple of these young guys, man, that really – uh, blown me away. I think a lot of the returning guys look about what I expected. I thought Jason Corbin was going to continue to get better because we saw him come on late last season, yep. and he's doing that. 
Um, Lawrence Tofili, I think you still see every every once in a while when he gets the ball, you see that he's electric. But I've been really impressed by some of these younger guys, and I, I think you really, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Josh Farmer on the defensive line, he looks like a guy that can play in the secondary. Kevin Knowles and Hunter Washington, the freshman defensive backs, obviously look like they can play. Um, and I, so I think one of the things that's started to impress me is the evaluations that this coaching staff made in the recruiting process, especially in a year like COVID, where they couldn't get out on the road. It was all done by a film and, and, and talking to coaches and talking to other coaches and players and research. Uh, I think they hit on a really high number, high number or percentage of these incoming recruits. I've been really impressed by this freshman class. As you mentioned, Malik, Malik McLean, Josh Burrell. I mean, it's uh, that group is uh, playing at a pretty high level for freshmen. You know what I get excited about is one of the redshirt freshmen because we know athletically he's a freak and he had to play hurt and probably a little, little confused about his role a year ago. But Travis J continues to have a very, very good camp. I think if they're going to get to where they want to get defensively, he's got to be a, a splash play, kind of a, a big-game player, and I, and I think he's probably taking on that role right now and taking more responsibility for it, probably because he's healthy. But he, he is what I'm told has had a good camp as well. Yeah, and you know, the thing about him is it's, you see the flash plays, but I really think, and not to sound like a coach, but I really think it is about the consistency because you see there are times where you think, oh, man, that, that's, that's the guy. And he, he's gotten so much bigger and stronger. He's always been a dynamic athlete. But then there are other times where, you know, he's trailing a play or maybe doesn't read it right. And then you start wondering, okay, well, when's that consistency going to come? And it seems like it's starting to come. But, man, that's the, the biggest mystery to me in all of this is who they're going to figure out, how they're going to figure out who they're playing mm. in that secondary. Because at any given time when you look out there, the safeties might be, uh, you know, Travis Jay and Brendan Gant. They might be Brendan Gant and Akeem Dent. They might be Akeem Dent and uh, uh, Renardo Green. Mm-hmm. They might, I mean, there's just so many different guys that they're playing in that secondary. And there's a couple guys that haven't. Jarian Jones has not been practicing one of the corners. Amika Dotson's been in and out of the lineup. But to me, like, that's one of the things I'm going to be curious about is how many of these guys actually play and how they decide who to play when. I mean, he talked today about the linebackers. The two linebackers he talked about were Kalen Deloach and DJ Lundy, not Amari Gaynor and Stephen Dix. And so it's great to have that competition, but I really want to see what it looks like when they narrow down who's actually going to play. Yeah, and oh, by the way, you mentioned him earlier, but you're going to have to find a way to get Kevin Knowles on the field. Um, yeah. You know, you were talking about Brendan Gant and you know Travis Jay and Renardo Green, but Knowles is going to have to find a way to be on the field because that guy will hit you and he's instinctual. And I know he's young, but... We all love him from what we've seen. I, I hope. I mean, I'm assuming the coaches feel the same. But every time I watch him play, I like that's a guy. That is a guy. He's not just another guy. He's a guy. Uh, so it will be. It'll be fascinating. Always appreciate it, Ira. I'll talk to you real soon, buddy. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yeah, take care. That's uh, Ira Chaffel, WarChant.com, uh, managing editor. And and you know, it is exciting because they do have names. They do have guys that get you pumped up. Like for example, this is not a guy that offensively you're going to hear a ton about as the season moves on. He's not a guy that they're going to rely on a ton. But that, you know, to my mind has kind of surprised me a little bit. Darian Williamson has looked good, has looked good. Now, again, you're going to hear about Joshua Burrell before you hear about him, and you're certainly going to hear about Malik McLean before you hear about him. But he looks like he's got, I mean, a little something to him. So, yeah, gosh, it's hard to be patient. 
It's just yeah, hard to be patient when you think you got one. That's the thing, too, about we talked about last hour injuries. Where do they happen? Because certain segment groups, you can't afford it given the lack of depth on this team in this program. And that's the other side of it is when you're in a transitional place like this and you've got talented freshmen, you're going to have to rely on them more than you wanted to or more than you should. By any rights, these kids should be developing for a full year or two. But if they can help you right now and make mistakes along the way, you kind of have to eat it. It's not like, you know, there's a 10-win season on the line. If you go 6-6 six and six and you develop three or four key freshmen that can you know play for you a year or two down the line and make huge plays, then so be it. It's the most important aspect of the season because we have so many conversations about, uh, you know, what's the record going to be. But I keep coming back to how are they going to look? What are they going to look like? Are there, are there reasons to believe that this thing is definitely headed in the right direction? Like, if you give me that, I'm good with everything else. I, I'll deal with the record. I'll deal with whatever happens. Most people don't feel that way because results matter. And if you're five and seven, it'll be hard to find a glimmer of hope. But that gets back to the conversation surrounding how you lose. How you lose will matter greatly when you do. Last year, we were all bereft of hope, and our palms were to the skies. We looked to the heavens wondering, when was this ever going to get turned around? Because we weren't competitive. Huge difference between not good enough or not deep enough at a position and doesn't look like you can compete at all. There's too much of that third category going on the last three or four years. If you can eliminate that for most games yeah. outside of the Clemson game, I think in, in some ways people could be accepting of that independent of record, but you're right. Still, if you rack up seven or eight losses, I mean, that's that's a toughie. See, goes back to my saying all the time on the air, losses happen for a reason. When they do, they elicit emotions. And you can be as even keel and logical as they come. You can sit across, as I have my father, and say, Dad, my, my dad, as he gets older, becomes much more oddly, despite all the experience of going to games, of a fanboy than anything else. He calls me the other night to tell me they're going to win eight games. He's just He really really is excited about the direction of the program. I said, Dad, it's possible to be excited about the direction of the program, meaning you believe you have the right head coach. And to also admit that they're not anywhere close to good enough to win eight, nine games just yet. But we are so filled with visions of what Florida State has always been, for the most part, in the last 30 years, especially in this conference, that it's difficult to accept that, it's going to be a, a transitional period. It's a tough thing. But you can have the right guy, and you can have those vibes and feel those things, and just the wins don't happen as quickly as we'd like them to. Two sides of that same coin, though. I would say because we are in the ACC, that is largely what the ACC has been for 20 years, say for like that 2014 blip on the radar, there is more opportunity to climb up the, the win Well, yeah, total. you're not in the SEC West taking on Texas A&M, right. and LSU, and Alabama, and Auburn back to back to back to back. Yes, no, no, you're not doing that. So you're right, but when you're objectively, empirically not better from a talent standpoint than NC State, or for that matter... That's hurtful. Well, it sucks. It's hard. I mean, but Bam Knight is a good player. He's better than what... I mean, that's where you're at. Also, continuity really matters. And, And I think that's the biggest thing here. I think... It's not so much that you would say player for player Florida State doesn't belong on the field with NC State. It's that NC State has, and look, I'm not a Dave Doran guy, but I'm using this as an example. Six of the last seven seasons, I believe it is, they've had a winning record. They've got a lot coming back 
Offensively and defensively. Yeah, they're too deep is, is better. Market That's better what than I mean. Ours. That's what Front line, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But in the trenches yeah. where it matters, yeah. they are, and they've got continuity year to year. Well, they went eight, nine games last year. So it's that's where when you when you upset the apple cart as much as we did, I'm not going to relitigate all this, but Jimbo flew the plane into the side of the mountain and checked out. Once he checked out, we had to make a move. We hired Willie Taggart. I thought that would work out. I, I was wrong. It didn't work out. He did a poor job. They had to fire him a lot sooner than anybody could have envisioned. Now all of a sudden you do that, and you bring in a third coaching staff in four years, there is such a lack of continuity and instability that reigns supreme in that moment. It's going to take you years, not not games, not a singular season. but you know. And then you throw in COVID, which nobody could have predicted, of course. So you really you get you get screwed every which way to Sunday. Now you're now you're talking about a three year rebuild, and in essence, and that's what people can't stand to hear because they don't like the idea of it. So you're telling me, Jeff, we're not going to win eight games this year, and you're telling me next year is not going to be a run for the roses? No, I'm telling you, we're going to be trying to climb daily oh and watch this team oh get better. That's what we're going to be. But we're in it together. That's what you got to remember. All is we're, one, Tom. We're all here together. We are climbing as one. Oh, man. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. If you get damaged done to your home, surrounding area during this storm, and I knock on wood that you will not, I hope you do not, but if you're suffering from storm damage, call my friends at T-Spark Construction Enterprises. They, they, they will, roofing and construction, uh, they know how to work with the insurance companies and help navigate the insurance process to help you get your home back to uh, uh, pre-claim condition. Let's put it that way. Oh, there you go. Uh, I like that term. Pre-claim yeah. condition. Wind damage, missing shingles, call T-Spark to inspect your roof. You're going to want that number, 850-766-1340. Let's get our program to the pre-checkout condition. <laughs> Pre-Jimbo checkout condition. That's where we want to go. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply big shocker the ap poll is out preseason top 25 last week the coaches poll was out that was fun Caught you off guard, didn't I? The coaches poll. <laughs> we were close. We were close. Uh, I was. I used to have an AP poll button as well, but that just didn't catch on as quick as the the coaches poll did. And how could it not, right? Well, the AP poll. <laughs> <laughs> the AP poll is. Uh, that's actually. You know what's fun to think about with the AP poll? Just being being a kid. And and thinking about football, oh, yeah. the USA Today coaches poll and the AP poll, and the, it used to come out the coaches poll. It, it was always again we have check marks. 
you have check marks of the offseason to let you know where you're at and how close you are to a dream being realized, which is the start of college football, which is today. Today's the 16th, my friend. Brother, we're not, are we nine days away from the first game? Is that right? Well, I know they play the weekend of the 28th. The, well, right, but, but I thought they played the 25th. There may be a game of some kind. Go check, night. see that Nebraska-Illinois oh, right. game or something like that. There's, there's a, there are a couple of games where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're very, very close. Matthew and I, at the old place of employment, were doing a countdown together every day where we would argue about, is it better to say three weeks or 21 days? Is it better to say close to a month or less than a month? Or Phrasing mattered, but you know, I feel like we may have just entered into single digits, and that is fun to say out loud. Single digits until the start of the season. Is that right? So Nebraska, Illinois is the 28th, Saturday the 28th. We're getting there. There's a game on a Thursday. you got to find it. Well, it might be the Thursday before Labor Day weekend. Wednesday, September the 1st, you got UAB Jacksonville that's, State. That's well past. I'm telling you, I think there's a game on the 27th or 25th. All right. Search the world over. I'll try FCS, but aren't they like uh I don't have Are they playing in the spring these days, or are they double down this year? (laughs) All right, your preseason AP Top 25, Stunner, Alabama's number one, coming off their sixth national title under Dick Saban. Mm. Garnering 47 of 63 first-place votes from the panel of sports writers and broadcasters in the poll, presented by your friends at Regions Bank. Oklahoma is number two. Wow, you went with the the read there. I did it just to be. I just did it for, for the hell of it because it was fun. Oklahoma's number two, just ahead of number three, Clemson. Each received six first-place votes. Then you get Ohio State, which lost to Alabama in the last season's championship game, is number four after receiving one first-place vote. Then if you want the money, this is where you go, kids. You can get Georgia probably right now at plus 800 to win the national championship. I'm taking Georgia plus 800 to win the national championship. Okay, with potato chips. Yeah, well, I'm sprinkling some pizza money at Georgia because they're going to win the East easily. There's nobody in the East that's going to challenge them, especially not you, Florida. And from there, they'll, they've got one game, right? It's the Alabama game. You probably have the best offensive line in college football at UGA currently. Their defense was the best defense in the country a year ago. JT Daniels, come on, baby. Don't suck. This is your time, Georgia. Kirby has brought in boatloads of elite players. Look at the recruiting the last seven, six years. Go look at the last or five years. Go look at recruiting the last five years. Go look at what that Georgia team has done. They are loaded for bear. Now, Georgia fans are tired of hearing that. They're frustrated. But there's no reason this team can't sit eye-to-eye with Alabama. So if you're going on odds and you're just going where you'd like to, you know, See a great return on your investment. Georgia, if, if, if Georgia, and this is the best part, because you can get them now, I think it's plus 250 to win the SEC, but if I've got them winning the national championship, then I'll go ahead and throw a little on the 250 as well. You got the game against Alabama. If you win that game, you're going to the college football playoff, obviously, And if you beat Alabama in that game, then you're capable, clearly, of winning a national championship. So if you want, when you make that investment, you sit back and you watch that game knowing that this is for you to make the haul 
that I'm projecting. Well, I think also you watch the Clemson game with bated breath because if they win that, it might be a freebie. Even if they lose to Alabama in the SEC title game, but they beat Clemson to start the season, they may get an at-large place in the top four. Well, and here's the thing. If you think they're going to lose to Clemson in that game, then wait to grab them because you'll get better odds. Uh, on, oh, that's on, true. on then winning yep, a national yep. championship. Very smart. So if you're a sporting guy or a gal, wait on that game if you think they're going to lose. Now, I don't think they're going to lose. I think they're going to beat Clemson. But if you think they're going to lose to Clemson, fine. Wait on it. Let them lose. See the overreaction. Grab Georgia to rebound, win the SEC East, and beat Alabama in the SEC championship game and go to the playoffs, presumably for a return matchup at some point against Clemson. But, I mean, that, that's kind of the way to play that. I think they're going to win that game, so I already took them because the odds are going to go down and, and, and they're not going to be as good for me. Uh, if they beat Clemson, everybody's going to jump on them to win the national title. That's one thing I was thinking about as I was considering win total wagers, and I remember Clemson's original line. I don't know if it made it to all the books, but you know, you know how they release them way too early, and it was 11 and a half. It was basically, are they going to go undefeated in the regular season? It comes down to week one. I mean, you're just basically you're playing the Georgia game right there, and so the question would be, do you get better odds, Georgia money line in that game, or on the Clemson under the 11 and a half? I don't know if their win total has shifted down. I can't see why the ACC would impact it at all, though, given that outside of the the Bulldogs test, there really isn't a big one for Clemson. I had so much fun, uh, and I can't share everything just yet, but I'm going to be doing a show on YouTube, and it's a, it's an exciting time for me and, and to be partnered with our, our friends at, at Warchant doing some things. Uh, but I'm having to put together for these first shows uh, – Games that I like, teams that I like, totals that I like, unders that I like. I will tell you this, that, uh, and, and this doesn't give away everything, uh, I, uh, I don't love Notre Dame's win total this year. I'm going under nine. I think it's tough to lose 55% of your production from a year ago, which is what they lost. It's tough to lose Ian Book and replace him with Jack Cohn. Uh, I think, you know, you bring in a dink and dunk passer from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, you, you lose an awful lot. Now, they'll have a good offensive line. They always do, even though they're replacing four out of five starters. This is the argument for Florida State fans that the Knowles will beat Alabama. That they have Notre to, Dame. Uh, well, yeah, excuse me, Notre Dame. They're not beating Alabama. Uh, that they'll beat Notre Dame is that there's so much production lost in turnover. And even though they have a top ten pick at safety, even though they are a talented group with a good offensive line, replacing four of the five all-ACC Offensive lineman from Notre Dame, if you will, after that singular season. Um, that's a lot to replace. And a new quarterback in a road environment at night. Crazy atmosphere. We think about the energy in the room, in, in the stadium. We think about, obviously, whatever tribute they do on the big screen for Bobby on the field beforehand. It'll be electrifying. There's no doubt. If you can get off to a good start and create doubt, Notre Dame again, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new pieces. If Florida State gets out to a lead with that crowd, with that energy, and an emboldened group who suddenly begins to think that they can, as opposed to having all the evidence in the past that they couldn't, then maybe, just maybe, that upset happens. That's, that's what you're banking on. Man, nobody wants that more than me. Nobody. I, I, it, it would be incredible to watch that play out. But I, you know. Well, I can flash forward to Sunday at 4 p.m., the day that we play that game, because we will have our pregame show on these airwaves and Warchant TV, 4 p.m. We get to the keys to the game, right? Stop Kyron Williams because of all the reasons you mentioned. Their offensive line, they're still getting used to each other, building chemistry. Quarterback doesn't scare you all that much, at least relative to what Ian Book could do, and he wasn't even that great either. 
but he was good enough. It's Kyron Williams. How much can Kyron Williams do? Because he went for a buck eighty-five on Florida State last year. Stop the run. Make him throw the ball. Make Cone beat you. He's a he's a average quarterback. Uh, if he beats you, you tip your cap. Now maybe we're not good enough, but I'm going to make him beat me. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV on YouTube. Hang in there with us. Yeah, we use that as well. In a, in a wake up. Navy Kings right, Jeff. We always shorten countdowns, usually to our own return home on Navy deployments, by cutting the days left by one, then adding and a wake up. Yes, we do the same too. For a long time now, I have done that because it does shorten the length of time in which the event at hand that we're most excited to see gets, uh, takes place. How much of the NFL preseason did you catch over the weekend? That was a lot of fun. I watched a ton of games as expected. Justin Fields looked good for Chicago. I think they're going to have a lot to be excited about there. Uh, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, the, the the time frame for Trey Lance is different than what it is, obviously, for Fields just because of how little football he played in college. But, man, there were a couple of throws, including the one to the far side of the field after rolling left that suggests that arm strength is no joke. It's exciting to watch young quarterbacks. It is, especially when you're all settled with your own <laughs> team. And as you heard on these airwaves on Saturday night, the Buccaneers, uh, they lost, unfortunately, in a meaningless game that to didn't matter at all, Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. But Jacquez Patrick had a good night for the Bengals. That was good. He made it through the first round of cuts, so good for Jacquez. Yep. I watched a fair amount this weekend. I enjoyed it, man. The NFL had an excellent season last year where college was disappointing during COVID, the NFL delivered. It was a very entertaining product week in and week out. And it's not because the Bucks were good. I'm talking about a random game. They, there were years, maybe even a decade, where every offense looked exactly, exactly the same. It was boring. Three yards in a cloud of dusk. Uh, dusk. Dust? Yeah, there we go. You can do I, it. Well, I wanted to say statuesque quarterback next. I was setting it up for that, but whatever. The point being, the NFL was homogenized. It was boring. Now it's exciting, and I find myself wanting to tune into the preseason more. Bingle Tyler, who goes back a ways, man, to when I was doing morning shows way back when. This guy's been around forever. He moved out to Denver. He writes, who day? Yeah, Tyler, you can do that. I'll let you because you're the only Cincinnati Bengals fan on earth. There are none but you. That's it. We know one other one, Vance, because he likes all the Kentucky teams. Uh, that's true. That's right. I forgot so it. Sorry are, about that, Vance. There are two. I mean, goodness gracious, there are two Cincinnati Bengals fans and all of the NFL, it's amazing. Well, you know the NFL is doing a lot better if Cincinnati takes on Cleveland, and you kind of want to watch it. Could be interesting. We're at the stage of the offseason where every game that you lay out there sounds exciting. You can just be like, well, what do you think about that Cleveland-Jacksonville game? Whoa, can't wait. That's true. Can't wait. That's interesting. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, well, they played over the weekend, and I did watch some of it. But we are coming back to this. Because if you're new to the show, you need to know this number. It's important. It's an ATM. Guys, it's free money. You don't even have to trust me per se. Just look at the numbers. John Harbaugh cares deeply. He cares very, very deeply about winning preseason games. It's insane. I believe that is Baltimore's 18th or 19th consecutive win in the preseason. They don't lose them. They scored late to beat New Orleans 17-14 to and cover the two and a half, baby. 
Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. I told you last week, take Baltimore to win. Just pick them to win because they care very deeply about preseason football in a way that nobody else does. My man Harbaugh believes that you're infusing confidence for the season to come by winning games in the preseason. And it's hilarious because it is a drive-up money dispenser. It's unbelievable. If Seminole Headline says straight to the limo, well, Harbaugh in the preseason says straight to the pay window. It's, I, I mean, there isn't a more sure thing in the betting world than to take Baltimore to win a game in the preseason that nobody's watching. That and the Mets under in the run total. Just just take the Mets under. Did you, I didn't see what happened this weekend, did you guys? Lost two extra inning games Friday, Saturday, and got smoked last night on uh, Sunday Night Baseball that I didn't watch because I didn't feel like watching a baseball podcast to go along with the play-by-play. So, by the way, so you were playing the Dodgers. That's correct. And now we're uh, on the West Coast playing the, the Giants for four and then the Dodgers for three more. And yeah. Did you have extra inning games in both those first two? Did first you two, say? yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Do you realize the Dodgers, ironically, uh, I think we're 2-12 and 12 in extra inning games this year? Well, prior come to on down to Flushing, New York. Yeah, buddy, they can... Uh... <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Steve writes, Nebraska and Illinois, 8-28 at 1 p.m. 828. That's August. That's the, correct. The 28th. Yeah. He's confirming my report. He is. Sources told me. He is. I was off. I was optimistic that we had a game less than 10 days. But it now. is at 1 p.m. You don't have to wait all day for the big kickoff between Nebraska and Illinois. You know, people love Indiana because of the season they had a year ago and their coach and all that. He's a really likable guy. He's like the Pittman of the Big Ten. Take the under on Indiana's win total, folks. That's not what we do here. That's not who they are. They were living a lie. They're living a lie, I tell you. But they'll have that 2020 season forevermore. <laughs> Champion that sucker all you can if you're an I. I've been there. I've been up there. Oh, did you run on their field? I did not run on their field. Oh, I went okay. to a basketball game while Bob Knight was coached. So there you go. I went to anybody I went get to, choked? Nobody got choked. John Mellencamp was sitting diagonal for me. There was that. So, went to the IU game, and uh, that was a long time ago now, Tom, just as an aside. Unfortunately, too many of these experiences on random campuses, of which I allude, I am now able to say, that was 30 years ago. That upsets me a little bit. That, that's, a, that's a tough one. I, didn't, I never really think about uh, getting older on the airwaves with everybody, unless I'm referencing a game. Like a, it could be a Florida State game from 93. Could be could be a game from 87. Could be whatever. And then it occurs to me, sometimes usually after the fact, that I could have just said, that was 35 years ago. <laughs> so what took you to Bloomington? Was, were you on the way to Rockford or something? A girl. Oh, well, what else? That's exactly right. Yeah, a girl. Whom I am still friends with. But, uh, yeah, yeah. All it's good to know. And many, it's good to know. Many moons later. Many moons later. There's no easy way to segue that. I'll, I'll take my break and come back and get us lined up. Yeah, that's kind of funny you asked, though. And that was 30-plus years ago. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3. Uh, Real Talk Radio and War Chat TV. Nicely done, sir. Rest of that top 25 in the AP poll. I should touch on that. Hey, now. Uh, Bama, OU, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Iowa State. Come on, man. Can we just stop there? 
Every year when we go through the top 25 after it's released, there's a moment where you read it, you go, plausible, plausible, okay, sounds good. What are we doing here? And I usually go by feel, at least when I'm just reading the top 25. So here you go, Tom. Tell me you didn't have your spidey senses go off when you got to number seven. It was simple. It was straightforward. Alabama, OU, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M. You're going plausible, 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 plausible. Get to number seven, Iowa State. Hey, now. Not happening. Well, I'm happy to report that I got the proper paperwork done and filed and the permits were all set that the goats were able to make their way over. So we have the goats here. Give me the goats. Give me the goats for Iowa State, frauds. Ah! Ah! You're not Ah! finishing seventh. The fraudulent goats are here. The fraudulent goats made the trip over. I am pleased. Cincinnati at number eight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they'll get a chance to prove it. They've got some stiff competition on that schedule. And, I I mean, listen, I certainly like them as a uh, non-Power 5 mucking up the works kind of team, perhaps. But eighth in the country? Notre Dame at nine. That's right. Keep them goats running, baby. That dump of a town. Dump of a town, indeed. North Carolina at 10. No, you're wrong. Oh, no, I'm not. You are wrong. They are fraudulent. No, no, that's a solid bunch at 10. (laughs) They're not at 7. They're not where Iowa State is. They're at 10. That seems about right. I think 16 to 18 is where they belong. Oh, man. Oregon at 11. Wisconsin at 12. Florida at 13. Miami at 14. Okay. USC. Ooh, 14, Miami? Yeah, yeah. A little rich. Southern Cal at 15, LSU at 16, Indiana at 17th. I'm hitting the goats. (laughs) Not buying it. (laughs) Never hit the goats. Just ask the goats. Iowa at 18. Fair enough. I like him to win nine games this year. Iowa should be ranked ahead of Indiana. There you go. Iowa should be ranked ahead of... Uh, North Carolina. Well, I don't know about all that. Notre Dame. Uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Penn State at 19. Washington at 20. Texas at 21. Coastal Carolina. Oh, my. <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Goats are awesome. I can hear the ones in the background now. I never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Utah is underranked at 24. Kyle Whittingham, best coach in the Pac-12. They'll win, they'll win 9-10 games. That's a good Utah team. They return almost everybody. Good bet for the Pac-12 South Division is Utah. In the spirit of probables that's coming up at some point here in the next couple of minutes, you think it's probable. We had this discussion over the weekend that uh, Utah – could carry the day in the Pac-12. Not necessarily to win the title, but right. maybe in their division. Well, they're hosting Oregon and they're hosting Arizona State. They they do have the roadie against USC, but as you correctly pointed out, who's USC? Who cares? Apparently the uh, 15th ranked team in the country. Well, Who knew? That's year in and year out. People are tired of them in the way that they were used to be tired of us. You know that? Uh, we're, we're, oh, the lost decade yeah. every year would be like ninth in the country to start the season. And you'd look at it and you'd be like, man, I don't know about all that. You're like, why? There was never a good reason. Because they're bound to come back. No. No, we weren't. All right, let's cue it up. Let's I was do there. Uh, let's do some let's do some probables here, brother. Go ahead, cue it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. They've made 
probable is more difficult than ever before, I got to tell you. It's very, very frustrating. They're terrible. Whoever they are. MLB.com people, that's who they are, screwing up the works here. Thankfully, we're sponsored by somebody who's not terrible. That's North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Smooth segue there. Tonight, as you endure the storm and you say it storm, Angels, Yankees, Jose Suarez, Garrett Cole. What accent was that? I don't know. I made it up. Cubs, Reds, Justin Steele, Wade Miley, Orioles, Rays, Matt Harvey, your favorite. Batman. Call McHugh goes for the uh, Rays. Braves, Marlins. Tukey Toussaint. Braxton Garrett. Good name game. Strohs, Royals. Jake Odorizzi, Carlos Hernandez. Indians, Twins. Cal Quantrill. Griffin Jacks. Oh, there's Griffin. Griffin, what'd you shoot today? 74. 78. No, you didn't, Griffin. 88. Foot wedge. A's, White Sox. Frankie Montas, Dallas Keuchel. Padres, Rockies, TBD, Antonio Centinella. Mets, Giants. Road just gets easier for the Mets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One after the next. Rich Hill will fearlessly lead your Metropolitans into battle. Ooh, soft toss and lefty. Against Kevin Gosman and the Pirates in the mismatch of the night. Pirates will throw Stephen Brault against the Dodgers. <laughs> Out in L.A. Should be a lot of fun. I'll stay up late to watch them get their head kicked in. TBD tonight for the Dodgers. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Talk to him, studio musician. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. What we learned today, we learned that Florida State fans are overly optimistic about the upcoming season, which is exactly where they should be on August the 16th. Uh, Blind Squirrel writes, new to the channel, excellent show, Jeff. Damn Skippy, Blind Squirrel Sports, appreciate you. Johnny Buckets just yells, let's go, baby. All right, Johnny Buckets. He did. That's true. For the let's, radio listener, we got a guy, Johnny Buckets, right there. Let's go, baby. <laughs> this is the time of year to remind ourselves, though, if the defensive line is winning, it might be not just because they're good, but because the offensive line is not good, right? We, we need to remind ourselves. There have been some camps in recent years in which defensive ends were unblockable, but we need to remind ourselves why they were unblockable. I want to point out that when I told everybody that I thought Joshua Kando kind of sucked, and said as much last year before the season. Took it there, did you? I got ridiculed. People said, oh, you're just so negative. Well, he was just invading backfields everywhere, wasn't he, last year? I mean, year before, whatever the hell. It was last year. I pieced it out of my mind. They all bleed together, brother. Mm. Great kid, I'm sure. Wonderful kid. I've, I've never had a problem with him personally. Just no, man. No. Thanks for setting the edge. It matters. It matters. That's it's important. A jo- I mean, he set the edge. It's an important job. I actually, Jermaine Johnson's going to get to the quarterback this year. It's going to happen, especially against these 
middling ACC teams. It's okay. going to happen. So if you hear that he's wreaking havoc on practice or you're seeing it, you're not going to think, well, let's pump the brakes. You think that could be for real? No. Be, I, no that no, will I, be different. I, yes, I do believe that's different. Because it's different you, this time. Well, because when you see him and you watch him, he does it in practice. He did it to some degree in the SEC. So, yeah, I think it is different. I do think he'll be uh, more productive off the edge there. And I do think that uh, that is a a huge talking point going into the year was that did you bring in a guy for all of the talk about grad transfers and transfer portal guys and all that? If everybody we talked about, I wanted to know with every one of the guys, are they the kind of player that comes in and makes an immediate impact on your roster? Do they come in and start right away? Do they change the complexion of what you can be? Up, he He's the one guy. Now, we hoped it would be Dylan Gibbons. We hoped it might. But that's the one guy that we thought, okay, that I think is tangible. Yeah. Jamie Robinson might be another who brings a little bit of physicality to the defensive backfield. But Keir Thomas now, wait a minute. If Keir Thomas plays well, then you, you – His biggest thing is health. It's he's a, just got to be healthy. Correct. But he's shown some burst in, in the limited stuff I've yeah. seen, and mm -hmm. the reports are okay. If you don't have to key in on just one guy, if you have to think about two guys – off of the edge defensively, and if you're the offensive line scheming up against it, that's big advantage for us. What a spoiled bunch we would be with two people who could maybe get to the quarterback. Could be a great difference. It would be nice. It would be nice. It's it's been it's been a while. Hey, be careful if you're in Tallahassee in the surrounding areas here in the Panhandle. Uh, you know, obviously, we wish everybody well as Tropical Storm Fred makes its way through this evening. Be well. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow, all week long, really. And um, let's hope we get through everything. Unscathed, of course. Uh, good work out of you, Matthew. Good work, Tom. All of you, thanks for listening and watching. Talk to you soon.